Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey guys, this is EJ Holland with the Wolverine.com, and we're back with another Tuesday edition of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show here exclusively on our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, it is completely free. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to like this video. It helps us get in front of other Michigan fans. Spread the word about this show if you enjoy it. Uh, wherever you listen to it. Uh, it's also available after the fact on your podcast streams. But like I said, make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and of course, subscribe to thewolverine.com, and we'll give you a, a great deal later on in the show. But uh, right now, how are things going, Zach? Everything going well with you after your trip to the Pacific Northwest? After being in Seattle with it being 55 degrees, like I'm getting tired of this weather here in Michigan. It's 85 and no clouds. Like I need it to be fall and like 50. Like that's the ideal f- temperature for this month. Well, out here in Virginia, it's been like 77 and sunny every day since we got those catastrophic uh, storms. But uh, outside of that, it's been been really nice. Uh, but I, I miss the Midwest, man. I miss the cold. It's, it's too hot. It's it's not it's not cold though. Like like I said, I was mowing the lawn today. It was like ninety. Like I lost a couple pounds. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just waiting for sweatshirt weather, man. It's it's about that time. Zach being a common man like Jim Harbaugh mowing the lawn, um, but we're not here to talk about Zach's chores. We're here to talk about <laughs> Michigan recruiting, and there's a new flip target. So we know. Well, I mean, we'll have to talk about them later on. 
Uh, but I'm saying at least we can get through a show without bringing up Elias Rudolph and Zaquan Patterson and Nitro Tuggle. We have a new flip target to talk about, and that is Deshaun Warner, four-star edge on 300 edge, uh, who is currently committed to Kansas out of Arizona. Michigan just extended an offer to Warner a few days ago. Obviously, there is a need for an edge with Jacob Smith recently leaving the class and committing to Kentucky. Uh, Elias Rudolph flipping to Miami before the start of the season. So you had two guys leave the class at the position and Michigan obviously trying to fill that void. Extending an offer to Warner. Um, Zach, overall thoughts on Michigan pivoting Warner's way? I like it. I mean, if you I did some research and found out that he started at wide receiver before making the switch to edge. So he he also doesn't turn 18 until August of next year. So he's still young and his playing career is young too. Like he's only been playing for two and a half years. But I guess you can see he's sort of like those kids who don't have much experience playing football, but just love the game. You know what I mean? Like they just go out and make the best effort, um, play with a lot of physicality, just like the tackle kids, you know? Um, I think that's what Warner is, but he's gone really well with his technique. As you can see, if you watched his huddle film from the midseason tape, like he's consistent with getting sideline to sideline. I mean, he's comfortable playing in space in case like a quarterback flushes out or, a running back bounces it. I mean, he consistently catches players from behind, um, whether they go outside or up the middle. Um, when he's physical, man, I mean, I'm telling you, like he mows over running backs, H backs, tight ends, running backs, offensive tackles, like nothing can get in his way. And like I said, he's still relatively new, but you can still see him working hand fighting moves, you know, swims, rips, changing direction of his body and changing the angles in which he goes to get after the quarterback. I mean, I think you say it best, you know, pinning his ears back and go. I mean, I think that's the definition of this kid, right? Like 24 total tackles, nine for a loss, eight sacks, four forced fumbles, one interception return for a touchdown, and he's blocked a field goal. So right now I think he's like six foot five, six foot four, 215, 220 pounds. I mean, leaner, but not something to something that has no concern about gaining weight. If Michigan continues to pursue and lands him, um, if they continue to pursue him, you have to get him on a visit. Cause like you said, I think this would be the perfect replacement for someone for a team that just lost two of his edge rushers over the summer. And, especially for someone like of his stature, he kind of reminds me of the way Elias Rudolph plays, just a speed rusher who just loves getting making plays. So we do have to interrupt the Deshaun Warner chat because we have a super chat from Rocky Fura, and he says, who'd win in a glizzy eating contest, Zach or <laughs> Sam Webb? Well, Zach, you are the contestant here, so are you betting on yourself? All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. Like in my fantasy football league, if you're in last place, if you come in last place, you have to eat 24 Coney Island hot dogs in 24 hours. So, <laughs> like, um, if I lose and I do that bet, I, I'll let you know if I can eat that many. So, I, I'm pretty confident in myself, and I'm not good at fantasy football. So, I, I'll say myself. I thought you were gonna say that you lost and you did eat the 24. 
I am uh, Glizzy's in in the twenty four hours. I'm so what's how many games are in? So there's four games. Yeah, I'm zero and four. So I'm the Ooh. only I'm the only team without a win, and it's gonna look like that for the rest of the season. So yeah, I, I will be at a Coney Island soon on Instagram Live. So I'll let you know how many I can eat. I have so. had Coney Island, and it is good. I I would say I could eat like two, maybe three, and then feel terrible afterwards. But I think Zach would have me beat. Like this is a guy. <laughs> that has experience eating Waffle House at 3 a.m., chugging down Little Caesars. Like today he was on the board advocating for Panda Express and Auntie Ons at the same time. Like I, I know Zach is, a, is an eating champion, but man, beating Sam Webb would be tough. He's a lot wider than you. I mean... He, he's he's you have height on him but he is he does have more width and from what i've heard he can eat quite a bit and, and he is you know he, he does have experience working in a chocolate factory as well so that would certainly help so it'd be a tight one man i, I don't know i think the the line would be pretty even there i think you guys would both have me beat though um, let's get back to, <laughs> let's get back to Deshaun Warner. Actually, we, we do have another question. It's not a super chat, but I do want to throw it up there. Uh, John A. Schultz says, how did the producer, who is a Nebraska fan, Megan, how dare you forget her name, take the beatdown of her Huskers on Saturday? It looks like she does not want to respond. She is in the back crying right now looking at that question. Um, let's go to Deshaun Warner. Uh, Zach's thoughts are, this is a, a perfect offer. And I was talking about Deshaun Warner in the lead up to this offer. You know, when we were revisiting potential edge targets, uh, if you're a subscriber over at the Wolverine.com, you knew I was really high on Deshaun Warner. I really like his upside and something that Zach mentioned, uh, in regards to Warner that really pops out is his age. The fact that he's young for this class and could technically be a 2025 should get you even more excited because even though he's a little raw, you see the ability on tape. Um, you know, he's light. He'll need to add some weight, but he has the, he has the length. He has the athleticism. He knows how to get after the quarterback. And obviously he would be coached up really well at a place like Michigan, which is known for developing pass rushers. So, you know, I, I threw up some names and I always really liked Warner as a guy that Michigan should go ahead and pursue. So now they've extended the offer. What are Michigan's chances? Look, it's not like, you know, this is a new offer and they've never had contact before. Michigan has been evaluating Warner since late winter, early spring. I, I knew he was on Michigan's radar they didn't offer. They wanted to see more. And that pre-existing relationship that Dylan Roney has with Deshaun Warner, I think, is going to go a long way in this recruitment. Like Zach said, I think you obviously have to get him on campus for an official visit. I would be surprised if that doesn't happen. Michigan is a superior program to Kansas. They obviously, again, produce a ton of edge guys. That's an easy selling point to Warner. 
and you get him in front of Ben Herbert, who just absolutely transforms guys. And you say, hey, man, you're six foot four, 215 pounds right now. Look at what we've been able to do with some of our pass rushers once they've gotten in the weight room in the strength and conditioning program with Ben Herbert. And it's all an easy selling point. I mean, getting to experience a game at the big house versus a game at Kansas. I'm sure there's no real comparison there. So I think everything points in a good direction for Michigan. Uh, I think we'll know a lot more once he does get to campus for an OV. So, you know, to, to answer, you know, the overall question, I, I love the Warner offer and I do think Michigan is in a great spot to flip him. And just because they offered Warner doesn't mean they'll stop pursuing Elias Rudolph either. They're going to continue to push for Elias Rudolph as well. Um, but right now I think with, with Rudolph, it's going to be more of a long process. And with Warner, I think things could happen fairly quickly depending on when they can get him on campus. I feel like Rudolph could go until signing day. Uh, we do have a, a super chat. So sorry to get away from, uh, from the edge talk. Well, it, it's another edge candidate here. And this one comes from Justin who submitted five bucks. So shout out to you, Justin, for getting your super chat in. He says, can Michigan get Darian Mayo to flip from Florida? So I mostly covered the Mayo recruitment and um, he is actually not committed to Florida unless he flipped recently. Am I just like missing something? Or is uh, is Justin talking about Childs? Well, Childs went to Florida. Mayo. Went yeah, to Mayo went to Clemson. Yeah. Okay, so it, uh, I think Justin just was confused. So Aaron Childs and Darian Mayo both go to only good counsel. Childs is an on three hundred linebacker who committed to Florida. Darian Mayo is an on three hundred edge who committed to Clemson. And since we're on the topic of pass rushers, I'm pretty sure he meant. Mayo and, and Clemson. But look, I, I think Mayo, from everything I've heard, is pretty happy with his commitment to Clemson. If Michigan had landed a commitment from his teammate Aaron Childs, I do think the Wolverines would have had a better shot there. So I haven't heard any buzz that indicates that Michigan's still in play with Mayo. They may be con in contact on the back end. But uh, no real confidence that Michigan's, you know, making any progress with with Mayo. Zach, anything to add on on Mayo? Yeah, I felt like the door was closed when he committed to Clemson. I haven't really heard much from about him. Yeah, I think of the uh, of the uh, aside from Deshaun Warner, of the other edge targets that are flippable, it, it would be Rudolph. So I mentioned I thought Rudolph could go all the way to signing day. Zach, you've been all over the Rudolph recruitment. Do you think that Rudolph potentially, you know, just takes it to signing day and we'll know then whether he sticks with Miami or flips to Michigan, or could you see a flip before? I mean, how do you see that one potentially playing out? I don't really know because I mean, he flipped to Miami without like warning. Right. So uh, we didn't really get that far in terms of what the plan is. Um, you know, when we went down there last month to see him, I just think we won't know much until he visits, which he hasn't done for a game day visit at all. So um, I think we're just waiting to see if that happens. Yeah, I mean, he did tell you that he wanted to visit Michigan, not once, but twice this fall. So, you know, even getting him on campus just once would be a success. So um, right now, I would say 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll pose this question to you before we move on to the next topic. Um, do you think that Michigan has a better chance to flip Deshaun Warner or Elias Rudolph? I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with Warner. I mean, based on his social media, he seems like he's very locked in with Kansas. He's very pro Kansas. Um, you know, I think he's very fine with where he's at. So I think Michigan has some work there. Um, you know, obviously Rudolph, Michigan had him and they built a relationship that goes back well over a year. So I would imagine, I think it would be, I don't think it would be too much. It would be a little easier, I think, to get Rudolph onto campus, mostly too, because of distance, right? Because Cincinnati is only four hours away. So um, I, I think it's just a way and see, but for right now, I think those two would just be perfect for a Michigan scheme as just two edge rushers on the opposite side of each other. Yeah, it's a it's a close call because you could make the argument like you made that, you know, Rudolph has uh, been building these relationships with the staff for much longer, specifically Steve Pinkscale. He's closer to Michigan. Um, but I also think, you know, with Rudolph comes, you know, overcoming NIL. And with Deshaun Warner, I don't think he's really getting that type of NIL at Kansas at the same time. You know, the relationships aren't as strong, uh, even though Michigan was in contact in, in the late winter. They're not as strong as Rudolph's relationships with the staff, and he is far away out in Arizona. So it, it's close. It'll be interesting to see how those two recruitments play out over the next couple of months. But I do think both are legit flip candidates. Before we move on to our time on the road, guys, we have a special um a special message from our sponsor, Lewis Jewelers. And uh, as you can see, I'm rocking a chain today. It's a little Santa Muerte, uh, Santa Muerte, because it's close to Halloween. Um, but if you want better jewelry than this little pendant that I got from Mexico, well, then you can go over to Lewis Jewelers because they offer the most high quality and exquisite jewelry in the Ann Arbor area, uh, Lewis Jewelers has been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921. Lewis Jewelers' reputation and continued success stems from our belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service, and quality products. Lewis Jewelers is a proud partner of Michigan Athletics and to ensure that every client that walks through their doors or peruses their virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise. No pressure, no commission. Located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Lewis Jewelers proudly serves the Ann Arbor and surrounding southeastern Michigan communities by providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. Visit them at their new location at 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. Don't get the cheap stuff across the border. Get real jewelry at Lewis Jewelers right now. Zach, are, are you uh, getting ready to head over to Lewis Jewelers here soon? You got to replace those earrings. Yeah, I just got my doubles pierced, so I got to head up Lewis Jewelers to get legit jewelry, not stuff from Amazon.com. <laughs> yeah, I need Lewis Jewelers to to hook me up with uh, 
with a better Santa Muerte chain. So shout out to, to Lewis Jewelers, our great sponsor. Guys, if you want the best jewelry in the land, go to Lewis. Let's go ahead and move on to our time on the road. Uh, Zach, you were able to see a pair of commits. Let's go ahead and start off with your time in the Pacific Northwest where you had a chance to see on 300 Michigan tight end commit Hogan Hanson. Yeah, so first game that we've ever seen of Hanson since he committed to Michigan in December and this was actually the first time we haven't seen we've seen him at all outside of the big house for the spring game. So, yeah, I mean, I think it the videos that I posted on Twitter which you can see from my header on on the bottom but yeah, I mean, I think those videos really got Michigan fans excited because, like you said, we haven't seen him in action. So I think it was just a another uh, a good chance for fans to get a glimpse of what's to come, right? Like another Pacific Northwest tight end, a, a tight end who can make plays for that matter, like a guy who can follow in those footsteps of like Colston Loveland, who's also from that area. Um you know, it's as, as well as guys at tight end in that area who are coming up in the future. But in the game, he caught two passes for 51 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown came on a 25-yard screen pass. He was flexed out as the as the X receiver. Um, and then he had a one carry for 32 yards for a touchdown. Happened on an end around at the 32-yard line, and he broke like four tackles on his way to the end zone. Uh, he's six foot six right now. He told me he's 225 pounds exact. Um, he told me he was sick like two months ago. So he's dropped weight because of it, but he's going to expect, he expects himself to gain it all back right before he early enrolls in January. But yeah, as someone who plays, who starts at tight end for a team who runs the wing T, you know, it was really nice to see, how much the playbook can be opened up for someone like Hanson. Like, you know, Belleville had him running routes. Um, they had him going out deep. Um, when the ball was in his hands, they, they allowed him to work in place where he can, you know, do his stuff in the open field and, you know, just be a mismatch nightmare physically against smaller defenders. Um, in that wing tee though, you know, a lot of his responsibility is blocking, you know, he initiates contact. Well, he knows how to stay level, he always knows where to put his hands, you know, obviously in the chest area. So um, he's one that's really developed well. Obviously, he comes from an organization in the Pacific Northwest called Ford Sports Performance, who has been with him throughout his high school career and has produced dozens of kids, you know, Power Five kids in Seattle and Washington State. So, you know, he's gotten elite training throughout his time in high school and at Bellevue. So he's coming in polished. He's going to come in with a, you know, the right mindset you know he's so excited to work with ben herbert strength and conditioning coach tight end coach grant newsome and obviously for harbaugh um like i said he is going to come in early and roll in january so getting those extra reps in spring camp and off-season workouts is going to be huge for him um you know i think it's just i think the way he acts the way he presents himself the way he plays i think it's just the the prime example of someone that Grant Newsome would want, you know, just a workhorse, um, you know, and just an added bonus about him. He does also start a defensive end. So he, he loves that trench warfare kind of added, you know, play style. Um, he's not afraid to get physical. Um, he knows how to uh, use his 
traits to take advantage of other uh, of opponents and yeah i mean at six foot six 225 pounds before he enters michigan strength and conditioning program yeah it's just the sky's the limit of what he can reach so i think this is one commit that michigan fans should be excited about definitely so we have a super chat and uh it is from justin again with another five dollars remember guys if you want your question answered on tonight's show you do have to click the super chat function. That money goes directly to our travel budget. So we can continue to see Michigan commits and targets across the country. You guys help us get out on the road. And Justin says, any cornerbacks that Michigan can flip? So I'll just take this one. Um, like Michigan already landed two late cornerbacks in uh, Jeremiah Lowe and Josiah Edmond. I think they like both of those guys and what they can bring. And I think if they're going to add another guy to the, to the secondary, it's probably going to be a safety or a flex guy. So Michigan is still working to flip Saquon Patterson from Miami. Not a lot of movement there right now. Michigan's kind of taking a laid back approach and they'll turn up the heat in November when Patterson's expected to make his way back to campus for uh, the game against Ohio state. And, you know, they're still monitoring guys that are committed or were committed to Michigan State. Reggie Powers is on the radar. Sire Torrance is a guy that picked up an offer a couple months ago that they could push harder for. You know, they, they had had previous contact with Justin Denson. So, you know, there, there could be some late risers as well. But I think it'll be more geared towards uh, finding a safety or a guy that can do a little bit of everything as opposed to a straight up corner. Um, let's go ahead and get back to Zach's time on the road, seeing some Michigan commits. So after you saw Hanson, you had a, you know, I think you had like a red eye flight. You landed in Vegas and then ended up making your way back to the Midwest. See, this is Zach, man, the common man. He's eating at Waffle Houses, downing Little Caesars at the airports, making his way back to the Midwest, taking a nap on Saturday and making the drive to Cleveland to see Ben Roebuck for the second time. Any uh, difference of opinions from seeing him early in the season to now where we're kind of in the middle of it? Not really. Um, and that's not a bad thing, right? I think my change of opinion would have been negative if I had one. Um, I think it's just impressive to see him twice, to see how much of – his dropping of weight has improved his certain, you know, certain traits that are valuable for an offensive tackle. Like he was at 340. Like his last verified measurable, like was in May of 2022, and it was at 340. Now he's at 320, but he's still six foot seven. So this is like I, I said this in the YouTube video that I posted. It's like a mastodon, right? Like just an over imposing kid. You know, but with improved flexibility, improved stance, um, improving when staying low in the run blocking, um, he, he's improved his kick out in the passing game, um, and he can bend. Um, I think that's just so important for a kid like him um, before he enrolls. He's, he's a captain for his team. You know, all eyes are on him because of his size and just how he uh, conducts himself on the field. He's just one of those guys that you want – by your side for support or just for motivation, right? Like you always see him doing pump-up speeches, but 
on the field, right? Like he's part of an offensive line that's combined ways three quarters of a ton. So a lot of responsibility is being placed on them in the run game to do that smash mouth bully ball, right? Like it, along with that mentality of finishing your blocks and everything, he still is technical. Um, and I think that's just going to help him along with reaching his physical goals once he enrolls in June. And I think if you can drop him in weight and then build him back up with added muscle, I think that can just only improve, enhance what I've already said, plus like footwork and stuff. So I do expect him to be at right tackle. Like he starts at right tackle for St. Edwards, one of the best programs in the country. Um, I think he can stay there. Um, I've said it before too. I could see Michigan putting him, Ben, right next to like Luke Hamilton, right? The four-star interior offensive line commit who's 20 minutes away from Roebuck and they've become the best friend, bestest of friends, right? So Luke was even at Ben's game on Saturday. So you can see the the camaraderie between them. So I think you're I think Ben is just one of those typical Ohio blue collar, you know, uh puts his head down, uh, has a chip on his shoulder. Um, and he's just got something to prove. So uh, I think, you know, as he t- develops more and gets over time, I can see him starting at right tackle for Michigan. So we are also on the road seeing some underclassmen. And a big shout out to Zach for getting from the Pacific Northwest back to the Midwest and seeing a pair of commits. We do have exclusive cl- game clips from Zach on our YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe now for free. And make sure to also like this video and like the videos of the uh, game clips from Zach's time on the road, seeing both of those commits. And also, it's a great time to mention, if you're not a subscriber to the Wolverine.com, you can subscribe today for just $1 for one month. Get premium insider recruiting information, team information, basketball, basketball recruiting, NIL transfer portal, and so much more with the season in full swing. Now is the perfect time to take advantage of the $1 for one month deal over at. All right. We only have a few minutes left on tonight's show. So if you want uh, your questions answered, make sure to leave a super chat. Like I said, that money goes directly to our travel budget. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the underclassmen that we saw on the road. Zach, you only saw one underclassman and that was Teandre Waverly. Um, You know, we talk about tight ends in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, Michigan pulled Colston Loveland out of Ohio, out of Ohio, out of Idaho, <laughs> a couple of cycles ago. And he was part of the FSP program. Now they pulled Hogan Hansen out of Washington state. Who's also part of the FSP program. The next guy coming up in the FSP program, also from Washington state is Teandre Waverly on 300 2025 tight end. Who's already visited Michigan and is very high on the Zach, what's the latest on Wade? I mean, I only saw a practice, but it's just hard not to be impressed with how this kid presents himself on and off the field, right? Like he's six foot four, 220 pounds. His coach told me that expectations are, are for him to run a 10.3 meter dash on the track this spring. Um, <clears throat> track is something he also wants to do in college. So reminiscence of Nicholas Harbor. But I guess the differences with Teandre is that he's just an elite offensive player, right? He is so versatile. He can line up as a Y, as an X. Uh, he can flex out as a slot receiver. He can also just play in line. Um, he returns kicks for his team. He play, he 
takes pride in special teams, right? He has kickoff um, highlights on his reel, um, and he also plays edge. Um, colleges have said, you know, they've been really high on Teandre as a edge rusher, and I wouldn't be surprised if he plays there at the next level. But offensively, he's just a rarity of combined speed and um, size with still room to grow. And I think that's just that exact combination is just a clay that can be molded so well at Michigan. And that's what kind of Teandre said, right? Like he's looking for a team that can develop players like him because he's not a prototypical tight end. He can also be a receiver. Um, he does notice that Michigan uses his tight ends very well in the fact that they have gotten Hogan Hansen and Colson Loveland. Um, Grant Newsom has been out there multiple times. Him and his coach, Teandre and his coach, have both talked about how Newsom has gone about recruiting the right way, right? Like it's all done by the book. Um, Newsom's personality actually kind of mirrors how Teandre acts like not so, not so much quiet, but just um, introverted, I guess. Um, and I think that's really brought them together pretty well. Right. Cause they've texted every day during the off season. And they are also on the phone twice, twice a week. So that in the spring during the off season was when, Tiandre took his first visit and he was with FSP players and a couple of its leaders. Now, Tiandre said, and I quote, it was definitely the most impressive visit he's ever been on. And that's thanks to Ben Herbert's presentation, um, Jim Harbaugh taking the time to sit down and talking with all the players hanging around Ann Arbor, um, Michigan's director of recruiting, Albert Karshian being best friends with one of Tiandre's mentors, Marcus Griffin, who was there on the visit, right? So there's a lot of connections. And I think the 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 importance of football and the football program and in Arbor is something that Tiandre really loves. In terms of where we go from here, right? Like he wants to visit in the offseason because he's focusing solely on the season. Once he visits again, there's something he's there's still things he still wants to see, like practice and you know, the team working together, like uh, with workouts or something but he wants to be committed before his senior season following official visits, um, Utah, Auburn, Texas A&M and Miami were also schools that he mentioned as schools that are standing out, but there are obviously others, but I guess kind of an advantage that Michigan kind of has is FSP, right? Sports, sports performance, having Hanson, having Loveland, having examples of guys who, were in Teandre's shoes and are now at Michigan or will go to Michigan. And specifically with Colson, he's tight end one, right? Like he's getting a lot, he's making a big impact. And he did that as a freshman last year. So Teandre notices that. And he did say, you know, that could be a start of a pipeline. So we'll see, you know, but obviously I think after seeing him in person, watching him run around the field, watching him work with his teammates, watching him be coached, watching him take in the coaching and just, showing, you know, a side of him that maybe not people see often behind the scenes is just something I think would do really well at Michigan. And, you know, credit to Newsom for finding a kid this, you know, of his talent and making him a top target because it's going to go a long way. Yeah, you kind of think Nicholas Harbour-esque running a 10-3 at that size. I mean, Harbour ran a 10-2-8. Waverly runs a 10-3. I mean, that's pretty close. And, I mean, looking at Waverly's film I think you could probably say that Waverly's probably more polished as an offensive player than Harbor was so uh, definitely a guy that I think will shoot up in the rankings um, just on measurables and speed alone so 
a big target at the tight end position for Michigan next cycle. I saw three underclassmen. I will quickly run through them. Let's go ahead and start off with Ari Watford, the number 10 overall recruit in the country out of Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, Watford literally plays within walking distance of my high school, so it was fun to go out there and watch the uh, the local team put in some work. A 68-8 to eight win. Um, it was a complete blowout, so Watford only played a half, but Man, this is a kid that I've been tracking since I moved here to Virginia and absolutely love him. Obviously, again, he's you know a top 10 player nationally. He has the height, the length, the athleticism. I put up some game clips of him. Uh, and again, all of those game clips are just for one from one half. Um, he's great against the run and can be a bigger edge type of guy, but he also can kind of keep his weight down and be that speed rusher as well. I think he can do either position at Michigan and be an immediate impact player. And uh, I know the people in the chat are probably like, but EJ, he's the number 10 player. What about NIL? Well, yeah, NIL is going to be a factor uh, probably for any guy ranked that high. Um, But I think maybe by the time next cycle starts, Michigan will actually have its ducks in a row with NIL and can land a guy like Watford. Look, Michigan's been putting a lot of resources into the Tidewater area of Virginia. They landed Brandon Hillman out of here last cycle. I think they're in the lead for um, Messiah Del Home out in Newport News. I, I think Jay Harbaugh and Jesse Minter have done a fantastic job here. Both visited the Tidewater area during the spring evaluation period. So, you know, Watford's noticing Michigan. I, I exchanged messages with his dad as well, and they definitely want to get out to Ann Arbor uh, because when you look at edge guys, right, it should be a no-brainer when you're looking at Michigan. I mean, the guys they put out, Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Mike Morris, just their NFL production in general, how they develop guys, all of that's really appealing to any edge prospect, including Watford, who mentioned all of those talking points. And, you know, you have a, a young, energetic recruiter leading the way in, in Dylan Roney as well. So, yeah, I think Watford has really high interest in Michigan. And you look at the recruiting prediction machine, and for a top 10 player, I mean, Virginia Tech, (laughs) Virginia Old Dominion, I mean, it tells you how open Watford is, uh, that there's no true, you know, Power 5 program leading the way on the RPM early on. You know, I mean, come on, Old Dominion. I I mean, that's my wife's school, so I can't hate on them too much. But um, but overall... (laughs) yeah go monarchs but um no i I think that you know michigan penn state south carolina clemson are probably some of those schools standing out to him early on but uh watford just hasn't made very many visits so his recruitment is wide open and michigan's done a really good job of uh of recruiting him so far and obviously he's a the monster um and another prospect that michigan's offered here in Norfolk is actually his teammate, Kendall Daniels, a four-star prospect in the 2025 recruiting class. So unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see Kendall play because he was out with a minor injury. But uh, I I did see him practice in the offseason. This is a kid that also just hasn't made many visits. Both him and Watford just have taken such a lax approach to the recruiting process. Old Dominion, the favorite on the on three RPM. But I mean, this is a kid that along with Michigan, he has offers from, 
you know, schools like Miami and Texas and, and several other Power Five programs. Jesse Minter stopped by uh, his high school in the spring and immediately put an offer on the table for Daniels. Two-way starter at quarterback and safety, really high football IQ, long athletic kid. Uh, was really disappointed that he didn't get a chance to see him play. But in that practice, I thought he looked impressive on the hoof. Um, so he's a guy that Michigan will make a priority at the safety position next cycle. And they're looking on campus here in the near future as they continue to press hard here in the, uh, in the Tidewater region. And uh, I made the, the drive over to the Smoky Mountains, uh, had a chance to spend some time out there and also swung by Asheville to see Michigan linebacker target Justin Rowe, a really interesting prospect, man. Um, he's ranked as a three-star, six foot three, 195 pounds, uh, ranked around the 500 spot at number 498 overall. Michigan actually has the lead on the on-three recruiting prediction machine, and I would agree with the RPM here. I do think Michigan has the lead for Justin Rowe. He's visited twice. He was on campus for the barbecue at the big house. He's developed a great relationship with linebackers coach Chris Partridge. I think Tennessee and NC State are the other two schools that are pretty involved with him, but Michigan has done a fantastic job here. And I said Rowe's really interesting because this is a guy that played, when I saw him on Saturday afternoon, he played wide receiver, safety linebacker kick returner punt returner and he was the team's holder so he literally did everything you can think of and he is a, a tweener for sure he's six foot three 195 right now he's a little too skinny to be playing and not as physical to be playing linebacker he's not super speedy um so i don't necessarily love him as a defensive back but uh, I think he's a guy that can really develop and become a Jaden Smith type of prospect. And that's exactly who they envision him as. They, they think he can be Jaden Smith, who obviously has exploded in the rankings from, you know, a middling three-star like Justin Rowe is right now to a top 200 player in the country. And the other neat thing about Justin Rowe is he's originally from Canada and he's only been playing football for, I believe, two or three years. So he's new to the sport. He's still developing. He's still learning. Michigan really likes to identify some intriguing hidden gems like a Jaden Smith or like a Cole Sullivan. And they've shown the ability to evaluate positionless guys that are defensive athletes this cycle. I just named two of them. You also have Mason Curtis. So they're kind of following that same blueprint with a Justin Rowe. So uh, again, I think Michigan has the lead here and he kind of fits that, uh, that defensive athlete description. So those were the three guys I saw over the weekend. We will be back on the road this weekend. I will see a trio of underclassmen targets again, as well as a commit and Zach will be on the road seeing another big time commit as well. So keep it locked in here on our YouTube channel. As always like this video, subscribe for free subscribe to the wolverine.com right now for one dollar for one month i'll be back tomorrow to answer all of your questions on our wednesday q a show so remember to join yes john a schultz we do have a show tomorrow i will be back um apparently i'm getting dragged to an early halloween party it's like october 3rd and someone's having a halloween party um but i will be here 
after or I guess before the Halloween party to answer all of your questions. Zach will not be here. He will be downing some pumpkin cider and uh, enjoying his time off tomorrow. So we'll, we'll, I will see you tomorrow. Zach will see you next week. Uh, and have a good night, everyone. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.